guys, Matt Bomer in this movie is a Greek god. A Greek god. You could grate cheese against his jawline, his abs, 24-pack. I I don't understand how a man is that pretty. Like, Michelangelo and the Statue of David? No. Like, it's it's a pile of mush compared to Matt Bomer in this movie. I know Matt Bomer would never go for me because he's in his 40s and also an openly gay man. And, like, congratulations at winning at life, sir. But, like, get, like... I need, I, mm-hmm. 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 Welcome to Written Chaos, a podcast with Bailey and Jasmine. Is that the same thing I said last week? Probably not, but let's no. figure it out. <laughs> This is a podcast where two aspiring writers talk about movies, books, theater, and everything in between. Will we talk about television one day? Will I force you to watch shows that I decide are the most obscure hits of the decade? Probably. What? Wait, keep on the lookout for that because I'm going to make her watch Fleabag if it kills me. You're going to make me watch... Fleabag. Yeah, I'm going to make you watch Fleabag. What? <laughs> you ha- someone has to watch Fleabag and like it, because I've had people be like, it's fine. It's one of the greatest shows on television, according to critics, and you're telling me it's fine? What if I don't like it? We're going to have to have a deep philosophical discussion on air because of that, so. I probably won't like it. Why would you say that? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I tend to be, like, very judgmental sometimes. But it's so... Rough around the... It's so good. Guys, comment somewhere about how good Fleabag is. You don't even have to comment to us. Send a letter to your grandma and tell her about how good Fleabag is. Please don't ambush our email address with saying it's so good. It's so good, guys. That'd be Bailey. She'll be, like, overly excited. Or you can send us things about your favorite TV. Oh, we're getting off topic. Anyway. (laughs) Anyways. Anyways, for those of you who are just joining us, my name is Bailey, and I passed out on my first day at work. Go ahead, fun quip. She was dehydrated, BTW. I was dehydrated. Um, Medically. My my name is Jasmine, and um, I bought a book that I did not read. Fun. Yeah. We're going to do this every week. I'm going to, like, make you come up with, like, a quitty line. Quippy, quippy. You mean a witty line? I was going to say quippy or witty, and it came out quitty. 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 Hashtag quitty. Honestly, I think I'll hate you for it. And it's, you know what? It's an exercise. Did it's you, a mental exercise. Did you see how bad mine was? Yeah. So next time you'll prepare. What do you think? It's the worst. <laughs> That's also entertaining. We'll see how my progress comes to be. If my procrastinating habits will overcome me. Literally, you could have said so many other things. I honestly did. I, I really didn't buy a book, though. You lied? <laughs> yeah. It's not even that good. It was a lie. At least mine was true. Let me see. If, what did I do this week? I bought a video game that's called, like, Cat Stuff. Like cat- That's the name of the... It's like Catatonia or something like that. I'm upset by this. <laughs> what are we talking about this week, Jasmine? We are talking about plays! Woo-hoo! But first, I would like to take the time to get serious, and I'm going to start our new segment called Dear Harry and Meghan. <laughs> Wait, don't laugh. This is serious. <laughs> I should laugh harder. <laughs> This is serious. I'm having silent laughs. That's how funny I found it. <laughs> You're having what? Silent laughs. <laughs> okay. Dear former Prince Harry and his lovely wife, Meghan Markle, I understand that you are now doing a podcast exclusively on Spotify. What a coincidence. We are also doing a podcast at the moment exclusively on Spotify. That makes us Spotify sisters. And I feel that it is only night it is only necessary to extend the branch of sisterly love to you guys and offer a collab with you. We will pay for our own travel expenses. I understand that it's not against the law as you guys are no longer members of the royal family. We will travel to Canada for you. I've always wanted to go. I'll get a passport. I'll pay the fee. Please, collab with us. I hope she pays my fee. I'll pay her fee too. 
I'll pay her fee too. I just want to collab with you guys. I have so many questions. Like, Harry, what is your favorite movie and why is it Star Wars? And Megan, what was it like to be on Deal or No Deal? I have to know. Is Howie Mandel really that germaphobic or is it for show? Is it for show? Stop. I really want to know that answer. I want to know. I think it's real. I think it's real too. And then he was prepared for COVID. Yeah. Megan, Harry, please. I'll babysit Archie. I don't care. I will do anything. Please. Please collab with us. All right, I'll see you guys again next time. And that concludes our segment of Dear Harry and Megan. Everybody. Sorry. (laughs) And that concludes our segment of Dear Harry and Megan. Everybody, one clap on three. One, two, three. I've gotten better, guys. We started this little thing with the claps a long time ago, and this is me now. You mean like a half hour ago? Yeah, but I kept getting wrong because we kept doing it like 10 times. (laughs) And now I'm a master. I deserve an award. Okay. So today we're talking about theater. Why are we talking about theater when there's absolutely no theater going on? For that exact reason. We miss it. I miss it. So I decided this is what we're talking about. Jasmine, would you like to start? Would you like me to start? Um, We could talk about the plays that you... Um, that we saw or recently saw. So we're going to talk about a movie and a play that I made Jasmine watch literally right before she got here. It's called The Boys in the Band. It was written by Mart Crowley in the 1980s, and then it was revived again in 2018 before being adapted into a 2020 Netflix movie directed by Joe Mantello and produced by Ryan Murphy, starring your favorite actors. Think of him. Think of whoever it is. Yeah, he's in it. Are you sure? No, probably not. He probably not is not in it. But you have a new favorite by the end of this movie. I have so many thoughts about this movie. Jasmine, please. So I just, I was texting Bailey as I was getting to the end and I was waiting for this moment. Um, and it never came. And I think I was really disappointed. No, but I knew immediately what you were talking about too. And I was like, mm, she's going to be upset. I was a little upset. So for those of you that do not know what we're talking about, and you're like, what is the boys in the band? It's about a group of gay men in different areas of their outness in 1968. And basically it's a birthday party. And because of a thunderstorm and drinking, shit goes horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. So badly wrong. I was, I was shocked. But that rain, that was such a good key. Like, it, it made the shift. It did. There was a dramatic sense at the end. I really like um, productions and plays and stories where it's just people in a room arguing. Those are my favorite. Like, like you don't go on a journey physically, but, like, you start with, like, hey, who drank all the orange juice to? This is why Dad didn't love you. And you're like, how did you get to this point? <laughs> I, I love plays like that, too. Um, well, the one setting kind of plays, especially... The deal, like the dialogue works so well in these pieces and it just unravels slowly. It reminds me of like certain short stories and stuff like that where they're stuck in one location too. Um, There's one called, I'll get back to you if I pause back in my head. It's literally a couple who um, lost a baby and they're like stuck in a room and the like, um, there's like only like three or a couple days where they're left alone and by the end of it their relationship's over when you think it was about to come together that's so sad yeah i had um actually never mind let me keep talking about boys in the band but boys in the band um is one of those movies that i almost and plays that i almost feel like you have to um ingest a couple times because people will say things like oh, no, I didn't get the cake today. And then by the end, they're like, you don't like being gay. And I'm like, what are you talking? Where? What? What? It's a little shocking. I do think there's a lot of like revelations thrown at each other. And I'm like, where? I yeah, no, I get it. But like, where did you come to this? What did he say? (laughs) It just shows how people's minds jump so quickly. It's wild. And then I watched it again and everything made sense. So it's almost like a double watch. I'd rewatch it. Maybe some new things come to my So, because like knowing what you know by the end, if you go back, it like makes sense. Like I definitely started clicking some things together at certain points. And I was just like, oh shit. Oh shit. Things is going down. <laughs> oh, things go down. So basically uh, the plot um, is after a thunderstorm ruins the outdoor por- portion of the birthday party. Our host, Michael, played by Jim Parsons, decides to invent a game. A telephone game. 
you must call the one person you believe you truly loved. And there's different points for different things. Say if you make the call, you get a point. If someone picks up, you get a point. If you tell them who you are, you get a point. And if you tell them that you love them, you get a bonus five points for a total of 10 points. And it's just watching the different members of this party go through some really traumatic stuff just to call somebody that they haven't talked to in years. You also get to see, like, their different ways of coping with it. Like, there's some people who can't even, like, manage to talk on a phone call. It's just seeing how traumatized they are. I know. And it's like, and then there's a, a couple who is basically on the verge of breaking up. Oh, that shit was wild. Oh, oh. And they have a whole discussion airing out their dirty laundry about monogamy and what it means to be monogamous and whether or not that means a successful relationship. And one of the people in that relationship is Andrew Rannells and... The man that... Fun fact, Jasmine. The man that plays his boyfriend in that movie is his real-life boyfriend. Really? Yes! It's so cute. They met doing the play. Really? Yeah. Guys, I love Andrew Rannells. Oh, yeah. She she talked about it the drive here. This is an Andrew Rannells appreciation podcast. I'm tricking you all. Honestly, she might be. She might have tricked me into it, too. I love Andrew Rannells. Yeah, this play is definitely interesting. I love how there's, like, little things that you are coming back to... And realizing the small hints that were already given to you along the way. Um, one of them being one of the main ones, the phone calls. Yeah. That's such a huge element in this play. Well, not play, movie. An adapted play. We're talking about the movie specifically because we can't go see the play in person. So if we say movie, we apologize. We mean the play. We mean the play, trust me. Yeah. I wish I got to see it in person. Me too. I, I heard it's it so much better. Than the movie? Yeah. I bet it is. They usually are. You know, there's this place supposedly, like, in the city where you can, like, view plays. You just have to be there in person. And you, like, sit and watch them? I'm so yeah, cool. so they're videotaped. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I understand now. I was like, what? Mariana told me about it. She always talked about it, actually. I did not know who Mariana was for a second. I was like, who <laughs> is that? Yeah. Um, shout out to Mariana. I love you. Yeah, I talk about my professors with their first names. It's a bad habit. I'm sorry. It's a habit that uh, college makes you. Our college makes you do. Honestly, they're like we're in art school. We don't go by last yeah. names. And then <laughs> if you're a double major like me, who then is involved in a science major, where you have to call them by your last name, it's very hard juggling it. Because <laughs> some of your professors are professor last name, and then some of your professors are like. Hey, that's TJ. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, hey, TJ. Hey, TJ. What's up, dude? And you're like, oh, no. Um, it's wild. It's a wild uh, juxtaposition. They're just real people. They are. They're just humans. Guys, call a professor. Ask them what their favorite uh, thing to bake at home is and bake it. Do you think they actually bake? I don't know. Some of them do. Maybe. Maybe, I don't know. Oh, I think one of my professors does. I love her. She's like this little old lady. Uh, I love her. She she was going to show us pictures of her cat, and I wish that it went through because she doesn't know how technology works. Oh, my God. But I like to dream about what her cat really looks like. So before we move on from the boys in the band, I just want to take a solid 20 seconds and talk about, um, can you do me a favor and Google a name for me real yeah, quick? Yeah. I don't want to get his name wrong. While I objectify him. No. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I do. I just want to take 20 seconds and talk about it. And I know while she's Googling, I know we're being very cryptic about, like, the plot of this play, but we want you to go watch it and, like, enjoy it for yourself. You really should get to watch it. And also, I I don't know how to describe it. It's wild. (laughs) I feel like it did such a great job um, because I tend to be really judgmental with um movies with being gay um i'm bisexual just making that clear (laughs) and i'm not (laughs) i am not a token anything i'm a woman a straight cis white woman well there's bi persons that take over this conversation (laughs) exactly my opinions are not valid right now well i tend to really get upset when it's like overly gay I bet. or 
I feel like it's not naturally woven in. Mm-hmm. I do think that some content is really helpful for, y- for young people. Mm-hmm. But as I come to watch all these n- new content about being gay, I get really, like, a little frustrated because I want it to seem more natural than having to be a thing that you have to come out for. Because I honestly just vibe. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't think I need to tell you I'm gay unless, like, you know, I'm hanging out with a girl I'm dating or something like that. Right, yeah. That's when I would bring it up. Or Definitely. not bring it up at all. Definitely. Um, it's nowhere near the same thing, but I feel like it's the same thing with, like, um, it's, it's nowhere near the same thing, but I feel like it's the same thing. I feel like it's similar to when, um, you have a overweight main character, and then the plot is about them being overweight, and you're like, but they have lives. They really do. That revolve around them not being overweight, like... I think that's definitely what I'm going for, because there's so much else that's going on. Yeah, exactly. And just because someone's gay doesn't mean that them being gay is, like, the sole thing. It's not their entire token of their personality. Like, there's other facets to it. I just feel like... I don't know. Why do we need to come out at this point? Yeah, exactly. Well, this took place in 1968, so, like, they kind of did. They did. (laughs) Well, this, this one particularly did it, so, like, I don't feel like... I don't feel overbearing like overbeared by the whole plot I, actually i feel like it's kind of seamless and i actually think it's done well and it tells the troubles of these characters so well that i'm not i feel like it's natural especially when you consider that one of the big plot points was the main character michael um trying not to come out to his old college friend and in a way he does without ever having to say it i also yeah, exactly. That and too. It's like, also, what I Michael's conflict with his own sexuality was insane because you get to see like the religions portion of it, and um, you kind of see his contemplation because they're like, oh, but you're like, is he Catholic or Christian? I can't remember. Well, Catholicism is part of Christianity. Yeah, I know. I just okay. Well, anyways, um. But I think he battles with it in a way to make himself okay with what he's doing, but he's, like, completely not okay with it. Absolutely. He's going to take a long time to absorb it. And you kind of see that, like, someone calls him out for it. I forgot what character. Harold. Harold, yes. Harold was like... You're not cool with it. Like, and the face expression was priceless. It was beautiful. Well done. Just I wanted to clap, even though that was fucked up. 10 out of 10. Um, do we have any final thoughts before I go into my 20-second rant? Go on your 20-second rant. Okay, we're going to wrap up this conversation of the boys in the band by me objectifying a man for about 20 seconds. I just have to get it out of my System. Guys, Matt Bomer in this movie is a Greek god. A Greek god. You could grate cheese against his jawline, his abs, 24-pack. I I don't understand how a man is that pretty. Like, Michelangelo and the Statue of David? No. Like, it's it's a pile of mush compared to Matt Bomer in this movie. I know Matt Bomer would never go for me because he's in his 40s and also an openly gay man. And, like, congratulations at winning at life, sir. But, like, get... Like, I need, I, mm-hmm. 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 And then he took a shower and like, I, I was, I, I'm very, I'm a very modest person to like, sometimes, not if I'm by myself, but like if I'm like in an area where I feel like uncomfortable, like when people in movies get naked, I'm like, I'll kind of be like, ah, I didn't need to see that. I, I, map. can you take a shower again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. Um. My friends have this running joke that I'm really attracted to men with nice hair. He had such good hair. Such good hair. I'm oh my god, he had such you. good hair. I didn't even I honestly didn't even think about it because his face. He he it was angelic and childlike and yet at the same time it's seen some things. I cannot explain it any more than that. Jasmine has to take a sip so I'll stop talking. I just wanted to drink my water. Oh, uh, 
But <clears throat> Matt Bomer, will you marry me just for like fun? So like I can just look at you all day because you're gorgeous. Honestly, gorgeous. And I don't know if your eyes are as blue as I remember them to be in my head, but, like, if they are, wow. You know what astonished me about your memory about this movie? You remember that game so well, all, like, all the rules. Yeah. I, I was like, holy shit, she even knows the point system. I do know the point system because I was, I didn't think the math added up. <laughs> you know, so I, funny. I thought the same thing. I was like, this math doesn't add up. I was I, like, that's nine. But I think making the phone call was a point itself. Oh, yeah, because he said there's no way you can't get a point. So that might have been it. Because I also was thinking that while they were saying the point system, and I was like, that makes no sense. I was like, this is not 10 points. I don't care what anyone says. But, but uh, Matt Bomer, marry me. No, Matt Bomer, I wish you... Listen, you don't even have to marry me because that would make you unhappy. I wish nothing but happiness for you. And that comes from all of us. Yes. Bow down. Over here at the ring cast. Everyone, one clap for Matt Bomer real quick. One, two, three. I was off. <laughs> I All right, let's try that again. Uh, everyone, one clap for Matt Bomer. One, two, three. Yes, bitch. <laughs> okay. So, would you like to talk about something before we move on to my next rant? Well, we can talk about the next movie with that. Yes, guys, we're going to talk about The Prom, also starring Andrew Reynolds. Uh, this is a movie about Andrew Reynolds and how great it is to be Andrew Reynolds. And it also stars, like, Meryl Streep and James Corden and, like, all these other people. But, like, Andrew Reynolds, main character. No. Denied. But he sings Love Thy Neighbor. He does sing Love Thy Neighbor. Ah, <laughs> oh, sorry. And she th- has a small tattoo, and I have a small tattoo. Love Thy, thy neighbor. neighbor. Love Thy Neighbor. <laughs> Time to make some better choices. Drop the hate and raise the voices. If you're wondering, she has the whole playlist on her phone properly. Do you? Both versions. Stop it. I do. I love it. Whoa. Wild. I have like 6,000 songs on my phone and like I would say 4,000 is show tunes. Whoa. That's insane. So The Prom is about a young girl in Indiana who wanted to take her girlfriend to The Prom and they canceled it because they're jerks. And then, at the same time, a bunch of narcissistic, washed-up Broadway actors want to prove they're still relevant, so they decided to fight for a cause. And they pick, quote, a little lesbian. (laughs) Uh, I have the one thing out of this whole, like, um, adaptation of it. They got the, um, the setting very well to to, to the actual play. I actually watched the play on Broadway. I did not. Um, so I got to see the difference between both of them. Um, there was a port part that I really missed from the actual play was when they wore their shirts that says I'm a lesbian and <laughs> like every character was wearing it. I don't know. I just missed that portion of the, I definitely can't do it in an adaptation, but I missed that portion. Yeah. Um, this movie stars, um, for those of you who are like, ew, boo, pass, hold on. This movie stars Meryl Streep, James Corden, Nicole Kidman, Joellen Perlman, Ariana DeBose. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right, and honestly, at this point, I'm too afraid to clarify. It's okay. Ariana, I'm so sorry. I love you so, so much. You're sorry. You're one of the best parts of Hamilton. I don't care what anyone says. Um, Ariana DeBose. Who else does it start? Oh, Carrie Washington, Keegan Michael Key. Kevin Chamberlain of Ratatouille the Musical fame and main character Andrew Reynolds. Um, I so first we're gonna tell uh, from the not LGBTQ community and as a straight white woman I loved it. I know you did. As a straight white woman who loves theater more than life herself and is crushed that the Broadway has been closed for almost a year I loved it, and I was so happy, and I cried about six times. However, stop casting James Corden in musicals 2020, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I have to say that, um, well, these are one of the one of the movies or plays that I tend to not drift towards. I'm not a big fan of musicals, so that might be por- partially the point, but I do appreciate the music in this play well musical um unruly heart is one of the best songs ever written and you (laughs) cannot change my mind no i definitely think the music is well done and i know a lot of 
gay people who love this play. I, um, people came out to their parents. Yeah, towards this play. In this play. Um, you know what's really, really funny? Um, so this was, like, I think I watched this play, like, two years ago. I forgot when it was in Broadway. But anyways, um, this, at the time, I think I had, I had Tinder at the time and Bumble. And I had a picture of me with, like, the prom poster. And it says some words. I don't remember what it said. But people would hit me up, like, crazy just because of it. I bet, because it was like a cult when it was out. It's still a cult. I wish I was more invested in the prom cult community. It was insane. I uh, feel like I don't belong there. But, like, everybody belongs there, and that's kind of the point. Yeah. But I feel like I want them to have their fun. Definitely. But, God, I love the prom so much. Yeah. So, people love the prom. People love the prom. I love the prom. It got a 58 on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know who I have to fight. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, I honestly thought it was very teenagers. Te- teenagers? <laughs> what did I say? Yeah, it's very... It's very... It's very teen-ish. Very YA. Yeah, very young adult. But don't get me wrong, I definitely think it can reach towards adults because um, it talks about, like, the coming out story and um, it did make me cry a little bit at a point. Yeah, it did. Um, I... I feel like I have to watch it a couple more times to let it grow on me. All the time, every day. No, I think I would go a little bit insane. I think it's going to be my New Year's movie. Like, every New Year's, I'm going to watch this movie. I'm just going to tell people to watch <laughs> The Boys in the Band. Okay, so you're recommending The Boys in the Band. I'm recommending Prom and The Boys in the Band. Yes. Okay, I love both of these so much. So now, we're going to go... Actually, do you have anything left to say about The Prom? Did you... Want to talk a little bit about the plot? I feel like we gave a very vagueness about it. Um, I'm just going to talk about, like, one of my favorite, like, moments in it. Oh, yeah, I can do that, too. Um, well, the finale, I believe, is one of the best finales ever. I don't care what anyone says. Um, I personally have always loved the song Tonight Belongs to You. Um, you're looking at me like you don't know which song that is. The one you just sang, didn't you? No. What was the last song? Tonight Belongs to You is a song where he's getting her ready for the prom. Oh, okay. Things Universal, Life's No Dress Rehearsal. Yes. I love that song so much. I've always loved that song. Ever since I heard the soundtrack, I was like, this is a great song. Um, I, it's something that I live by. One thing is universal, Life's No Dress Rehearsal, so why not make some waves before we're through? Hold up, hold up. <laughs> Your lyrics, great. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Um, my favorite moment was actually um, the when they start eating the ice cream together. Yeah, when she's sad after they're mean to her. Yes, that portion right there. Guys, I'm not going to tell you what they did to her, but I'm going to just tell you what my mom said after what they did to her. So my mom, I watched it with my mom, who I knew the plot of the prom and she did not. And when we got to the point that we're talking about, my mom said out loud as she walked away to get something to eat, that's fucked up and they should die. I honestly can't see a person doing that to another person. That's really fucked up. It's mean as hell. I would be fucked up for years because of that experience. I'd skip, I'd, I'd skip the rest of school. I'd be like, we're done. I would have homeschooled. And the principal was the cool guy, so he would have let me. That's true. That's honestly true. And while we're not casting um, James Corden in any more musicals, we should cast Keegan Michael Key in more musicals. I didn't know he could sing. Good job, Keegan. <laughs> oh no, he did do a great yes, job. Yes, Keegan. Impressed. Nice, Keegan. And he got to kiss Meryl Streep. You know how great your life has to be for your first musical. You get to kiss Meryl Streep. <laughs> um, like, oh, there is a god. Like. <laughs> There is a god. There's that's a god. Your, that's your response. Because he got to kiss Meryl Streep. Uh, um, so, any final words on the prom? Nah, I'm over it. <laughs> Watch it. It's so good. It's cheesy. It's so cheesy. And I usually don't like cheesy, but it's so good. You can win me over with anything if you sing about it. I think that's my problem with it. I think it's overly cheesy. I'm not a big fan of cheesy. No, it's very cheesy. Oh, oh it's, it's overly so cheesy. cheesy. It's so cheesy. I'm, like, overwhelmed with cheesiness. But I'm I... like, calm the shit. But <laughs> I love it. And you know what? Like, 
Note to self, don't be gay in Indiana is a great opening line to a song. I don't care. Shout out to Indiana. We love the Hoosiers. The what? The Hoosiers. The what? The Hoosier. Don't make me Google. I will Google. All right. Please stand by while I Google. Um, Jasmine, would you like to tell people about the next part of our uh, play where we tell each other about our favorite plays yeah we were just going to talk about a couple plays i can't really say they're my favorite but you probably picked out your favorites <laughs> um pretty close uh mine are mostly one play and a couple musicals oh mine are all plays as you can tell i'm more of a play person than a musical person oh <laughs> i as much as i like musical Hoosiers elements are most commonly referred to as a person from the U.S. state of Indiana, known as the Hoosier State. But why? <laughs> <laughs> I looked at you like you were insane when you said that. No, but like that's what it says the definition is. You can't tell me that the definition of a Hoosier is someone from Indiana and then not tell me why. <laughs> oh, you're going to have to Google why. <laughs> why is... Hold on. According to Indiana.gov... Uh, Eventually, all Indians were called Hoosiers. A theory attributed to Governor Joseph Wright's derived Hoosier from an Indian word for corn, Hoosa. Indiana flatboatmen taking corn or maize to New Orleans became known as Hoosa men or Hoosiers. Well, that's stupid. That's weird. Is Hoosier a derogatory term? Yeah, am I being rude? Often, especially for Southerners, it was simply a derogatory word for someone from the country. Okay, you know what? I'm canceling the word Hoosier, I've decided. <laughs> okay. We went through this journey, we learned what Hoosier was together, and I'm canceling it. Okay, canceled. Okay, so please tell me about some plays that you like. Um, I wanted to talk about The Nether. Um, I don't think The Nether is for everybody, especially because it deals with such graphic so much graphic details in it um it's about a virtual world and um you can be anything you can be any age you can be a woman you could be a man um like i get to choose yeah when um i'm not particularly sure that information is not given to me but um it's very graphic because it deals with pedophilia oh no 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 yeah it's a little insane and um it's definitely a rough topic and stuff like that but i think the nether deals with it in such an interesting and well done way and i definitely think you guys should look it up i also am very intrigued how they um ended up displaying the play mm-hmm. because it is a lot of it's like electronic digital stuff i heard it was really electronic way i can't even describe it um but they said the um the setting was well done and i am so intrigued i looked up a picture and it was literally like pixelized image um i also wanted to talk about the wolves which you actually watched i love the wolves (laughs) um i actually got to read this play during like a reading with a couple people oh you have it it's right over there Uh, Well, The Wolves is such an interesting written play because it's all written in a way that everybody's talking around the same time. And you kind of, depending where you sit or are hearing or what you're paying attention to, you see different storylines unfold. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything to say about The Wolves? About The Wolves? Um, 12-year-old girls are mean. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they're supposed to be 12 or, like, 14 to 14. I feel like they're teenagers. Yeah, young teenagers, they're mean. That's what I got out of that, is that they're mean. And it's about a bunch of them getting, like, ready for soccer, and it's, like, the season of, like, one season of soccer. Yeah, definitely that. But I feel like they went through a couple, because I think they did winter and and stuff, too. Because at a point, they brought in, like, um, they were wearing winter wear. Right, um, because I think that it was fall into winter. Yes. And then it, like, cycled back. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really sad at the end. Oh, yes. Um, But it's really good. It's such an oddly written play, but I think it's done well. Um, I just love the intertwining of 
all these voices it also kind of like shows the teenage voice while doing this because mm-hmm. i feel like when you people over speak each other a lot especially teenagers and like a lot of random topics become over, like intertwined with each other i'm trying to think of a random one from that play I remember they talk about periods, like, right oh, in the beginning. Yes, you're right. They do talk about periods for a little while. <sighs> oh, I just And remember. I sat in front of, like, a boy in his 20s, and I remember him just being like, what is this? <laughs> I, yeah, I could see that. They talk about Spanish class, too, because I remember reading in Spanish. Mm. Yeah, it's a good play. Any plays that you want to mention? Um, I have one. My favorite play would be um, most likely August Osage County by Tracy Letts. Oh, you love this. I love August Osage County. It is, listen, this is the most fucked up family you're ever going to meet. They're, the mother, she said, in the movie, there's a movie. There's a movie. It's also played by Meryl Streep. Um, she is the worst. Um... It covers a lot of weird topics like teenage drug use, incest, um, pill addiction, skeevy boyfriends, suicide, depression, racism, sexism, adultery. It covers literally all of it and it's one family and it's just them coming together at a terrible moment in their lives and just dealing with that and unfolding all of their dirty laundry on top of that. And it's just, you feel bad for them, but you're also like, good, because they suck. Um, And it takes place over like three days, and it's just, you just watch a family die, kind of. Interesting. Have I sold you on it? I I will definitely be watching it. I told you that a little earlier. Um, It's wild. You told me a little bit more of the plot. You kind of gave me spoilers. I did. Um, I also said something that probably wasn't appropriate, so we're going to leave that out uh, of the podcast. We're not going to put that in the podcast. Um, but I'm I'm a little intrigued. I don't know if I'll particularly enjoy it. Um, oh, no, it's not something to be enjoyed. It's something to be watched. <laughs> you don't enjoy uh, it. You're not like, that was fun. I'll, I'll look into it. I'll see. Yeah. Um, um, but now I want to talk about some musicals. Um... <laughs> First, I'm going to talk about uh, my favorite musical of all time, so that when Broadway opens back up, people are more intrigued to go see it, because I know it doesn't have a particularly young fan demographic, because, you know, the Broadway community is full of a lot of young people, and they don't, they normally gravitate towards specific actors or specific storylines, and they don't really seem to migrate to this one, so I just want to, like, throw it out there to you guys. Um, Come From Away. Uh, It's a musical about this country... Uh, not a country, a town in Canada um, that took in a bunch of people whose planes had to suddenly land after um, a horrible accident. And you will know exactly what the horrible accident is when I tell you that this play takes place on the week of September 11th, 2001. And it's just a bunch of people from all these different countries dealing with one of the most confusing and scary times in at least American history and just this town being so nice and so welcoming and they basically double in population for a week and they have to give up so many amenities and it's just you know above all kindness comes through first there's a scene where um they talk about people would come into walmart and instead of welcome to walmart please enjoy your visit it's welcome to walmart would you like to come to my house for a shower and it's just really sweet and there's about 10 actors and they all play a combination of over 70 characters and it's just really a movement and I always made the goal to see it once a year until it came out and then COVID kind of messed that up for me so thanks COVID that's really great but I'm trying to get tickets to go see it on the 20th anniversary of 2011 because I just feel like 2011 2001 um but it's just one of the most heartwarming musicals I've ever seen, and it really is truly my favorite. Um, and in terms of what I've been watching this year, um, I've been watching a lot of films 
uh, stage productions of plays. Uh-huh. Uh, everyone knows about Hamilton on Disney Plus, so I'm not going to go into a big thing about it. Like, listen, everybody's talking about it. You get it. You understand. It's fantastic. But let's give some love to more not well-known musicals. For example, She Loves Me. Um, it's a revival from 2017 with Zachary Levi, who I absolutely adore. I love you, Zachary. And Laura Benanti. Um, it's kind of like a 1930s You've Got Mail. Okay. Where there's two co-workers who work at this, like, old, like, perfume place. Um, and they hate each other. But then you find out that they're members of a Lonely Hearts Club and they're actually talking to each other. Oh, wow. And it's, like, really, like, cheesy and cute, and I love it. Um, I also watched Falsettos, which stars uh, Christian Borel and Andrew Rannells. And it's about um, a man in the 70s who leaves his wife and his prepubescent son because he realizes that he's gay. And it's just the most neurotic family you'll ever meet. And then it's sad because... There was a thing in the 70s and 80s, uh, the AIDS epidemic, and it took a lot of lives. And, you know, you can't have a musical like that without talking about the AIDS epidemic. You wish you don't have to, but you do. Agreed. Yeah. Um, And there's a a psychiatrist who then falls for the ex-wife. And then there's uh, the godmother lesbians who live next door. Gotta love them. Um... And it's just great, and I loved the falsettos. Um, I watched Miss Saigon. Miss Saigon is great. Little racist. Uh, very racist. Never mind, I take it back. Um, Miss Saigon's music is cool. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I have some plays, why not? <laughs> huh, you have plays? Yeah, I have a couple plays I can uh, mention. All right, go ahead. As you... Let's move on from Miss Saigon. <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to mention two more plays. Yeah, no um, problem. Only because um, we love musicals over here. I love musicals. Um, I did have other... I could talk about musicals for 525,600 minutes. That was very specific. It was... It's, it's Rent. This is line from Rent. Of course it is. Yeah. Musicals. I okay. love you who know that. To, my, <laughs> to the Wonderfuls... That's what you guys are called now. Wonderfuls. No. No, they're not called Wonderfuls? They're wonderful, but you don't have to call them Wonderfuls. Wait, but we need a name for our, like... Yes, we do! Don't shake your head at me. Well, until you come up with a better name, they're the Wonderfuls. Um, So, the Wonderfuls that love musicals, I love you guys. And please reach out to us about what your favorite musical is. I will not be calling you guys that. I deny it. Then come up with a better name. I don't care. (laughs) Okay. Come up with a better name. I'm not going to come up with another name. It's going to stick, which sucks. Then they're going (laughs) to stay the Wonderfuls. Um, Well, anyways. um, I was going to mention... The Chaotics. That was so out of nowhere. (laughs) You scared me. I was just... You were like, The Chaotics. (laughs) Keep that in. (laughs) I was like right in the middle of it. I'm so sorry. But, like, it came to me. The Chaotics. The Chaotics. You're welcome. She named you. The Chaotics. You guys are my Chaotics. Sounds so weird. I don't care. Anyway. <laughs> um, I was going to mention a couple plays. Um, I was going to talk about a one-setting play, since you really like one-setting love plays. Love one-setting plays. For those of you um, that ask, why do I love one-setting plays? Because they just stay in a room and argue. It's amazing. I love fights. I love writing fights. Writing fights are my favorite things to write. Wait, what? Like writing arguments. Oh, yes. Fun. They're the best. So much fun. I would rather have an unhappy relationship than write my characters be happy. And maybe that's why people are never happy in fiction. Okay. Well, I was going to talk about the aliens, a West study play. It has three characters. KJ, Jasper, and Evan. And we kind of see them all hang out in the back of a cafe shop. And um, two of them are older men. And while one of them is like a younger um, character. And they kind of just talk to each other in the back of this one setting. And it's just such a sad play. Like you don't see it coming. And 
has such interesting it has music very dimmed down music but it does have music and um do they sing yeah one character does what? he plays with a guitar lit and um along the way i think the music becomes more meaningful although it's the same song over and over again that's even better um i think it really shows characters in this story and how communication works and if you want to see a good dialogue play i would totally recommend this um it's called the aliens by annie baker um another play i was going to mention is the wives um it that one i saw maybe like a year or two ago i think even like a year ago to be honest um which was produced by well written by jacqueline back backhouse i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing that correctly it actually talks about um wives of famous people and she rewrites them um after the play she kind of talks about how she's always been interested in these stories of people that are the women of these famous people and they're like you can sometimes find nothing about them Mm -hmm. and there's a point where um all of Fitzgerald's wives are all talking to each other and they're like burn his stuff it's really funny i enjoyed <laughs> enjoyed all their whose wives Fitzgerald. f scott yeah he only had one wife who am i thinking about i don't know who are you thinking about he had one wife and then she went insane you're right i'm going insane i now. watched the amazon show i saw it the characters who am i thinking about i don't know you're making me go insane right now. Well, you said all of Fitzgerald's wives. I did say that, and it's wrong. It's not Hemingway. Who had a lot of wives? Well, a lot of people had a lot of wives. Exactly. Clark Gable was married four times. Stephanie definitely five was an times. author, though. Clark Gable was married five times. Mark Twain? No. I don't know how many wives he had. I literally wrote I don't think he was, like, this. a pimp. Like, well, I hope he didn't put Fitzgerald. <laughs> No, that's incorrect. You're right. Anyways, let's go back and not talk about my mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Moving on. Um, retconning. Well, the wives kind of deals with these, um, these famous wives and how they kind of influence um, women now. So it's very feminist, which I like. Jasmine knows that I got uh, feminist magnets for Christmas. Oh, yes. I think you would like this play a lot, actually. I'm going to look it up. I like um, Annie Baker. Oh, no, this is not Annie Baker. It's not? No, Annie Baker's The Aliens Play. Oh, who I think wrote this? This is Jacqueline Backhouse. I love this. I, I like this idea. Um, Good job, very, Jacqueline. She's very modern. I like modern. Very young. I didn't expect her to be so young. Yeah. I had one more play. Go ahead. Um, there's a play. Uh, the staged version is out on Amazon. It's called What the Constitution Means to Me. And it's about this woman who used to go to essay writing contests and defend the Constitution and how much she loved it. And throughout the course of the play, she goes through different laws and explains how she remembers those laws and what that meant to her and how that meant to her life. And she talks about her abortion and, like how her mother was so feministy and then she realized that her mother was going to be upset with her for getting an abortion so she didn't tell her mother even though her like there's the part of her mother that like would have been like of course it's your choice do whatever you want but then there was the part of her mother that was like please don't do this Mm -hmm. um and it's just a very nice way because especially for someone who is so political like myself to be like I love this country, but statistically, look at what this country has done to me and to people like me. Mm-hmm. And it talks about, like, women and domestic abuse and rape and all that stuff. And it's just like, I'm giving my heart to something that I really care about, and I'm not getting anything back. And I loved it, and it was great. And please go watch what the Constitution means to me. It's a wonderful one-woman show, and then a gay man is there. And he talks about his experience too, and it's great. And then the little girl comes out, and she then they have a debate, and it's amazing. 
That's the conclusion. It's amazing. It's amazing. Did you have any other plays? No, that's all I have written down. Okay, so what I wanted to do is uh, just go through a little summary of what we talked about so that if you were in the beginning and being like, oh, I really want to watch that, but I don't remember what it's called again and I don't really want to rewind, no problem. So we talked about The Boys in the Band on Netflix, directed by Joe Mantello. We talked about The Prom, again on Netflix, directed by Ryan Murphy. We talked about Falsettos on Amazon. That's where I watched it. We talked about Come From Away on Broadway. Go see it when it opens up. We talked about what the Constitution means to me on Amazon. We talked about She Loves Me on Amazon. Um, I think the rest of mine, right? Yeah, the rest of yours. Go ahead. Um, I talked about The Aliens by Annie Baker. Um, Most of these plays that I'm going to mention, I actually only read scripts most of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Um, So... Go look them up. Sometimes they're free, sometimes they're not. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, then there's The Wolves by Sarah... I cannot pronounce her last name. Delap? Delip? Delap? I'm going to say Delap. Delap. Um, the Nether by Jennifer Haley. The Wise by Jacqueline Backhouse. And those are the ones... Oh, no, we did mention the problem already. <laughs> and I'm going to throw out one, and I'm not going to give you any synopsis for it. You're just going to have to trust me. Intimate Apparel by Lynn Nottage. I loved that one as well. Bravo. Thank you. So, uh, I think that wraps everything up, huh? I think it does. Uh, Great. So, you can find me on Twitter at uh, BaileyPeabody1 and on Instagram at BaileyPeabody13. And you can find me at Instagram and Twitter as um, JazzyWhatYes. And you can also come and find the podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Written Chaos Podcast. You can find us at Twitter at Written Chaos Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Written Chaos Podcast. We also have a Tumblr and a TikTok on at, you guessed it, Written Chaos Podcast. And if you felt like emailing us and reaching out to us personally and like, you know, just letting us know what your favorite stuff is or saying that we suck, please don't say that we suck, but or saying that you love us, please don't say that we suck. Um, you can email us at writtenchaospodcast at gmail.com. And we also have a sister magazine, Chaotic Merge. Jasmine, would you like to shout them out? Yeah. Um, we're soon going to release the issue one. Um, which is really exciting. Probably by the time this podcast comes out, we will already have it on either print or online. Hopefully in print. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Um, um, just check them out. We have a lot of great contributors, and um, we publish poetry, screenplays, plays, um, art, illustrations, basically any art form. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see how it comes out. Also in the works, this is something Jasmine is learning right now, I am planning on setting up a YouTube account for Written Chaos where we do like fun behind the scenes or other videos, you know, maybe more scripted content. You never know. Um, Working on that, not coming anytime soon, but like, you know, I'm laying the foundation. Join us next time when we discuss my 366 new movie a day resolution. I cannot wait to talk about this in length with you guys. She's super excited. I'm super excited. So is Jasmine. I am. I'm so curious as to what movies you chose. Yes. Okay. I'm going to have a top ten, a bottom five, and one honorable mention. (laughs) Oh, that sounds great, actually. I'm excited. Yes. So we'll see you next time. And in the meantime, stay chaotic. Bye. Bye.